receive grace from him and, and be touched by him makes a difference. Praise God. I want to touch him, but I, I like when he touches me. I love that. So uh, we're going to finish this lesson. Well, not finish. We're going to go to the third lesson. Not, not quite the end yet. Almost there uh, in our discipleship class about Dan talking about Dan it's not uh, it's not Dan the man it's not it's not your friend uh, down the street named Dan this is Dan from the scripture Dan but uh, if you have your Bibles I want to turn for just a moment or follow along on the screen Judges chapter 1 34 through 36 don't read a lot out of Judges unless you're reading about Samuel or Samson so but we're learning something about Dan and, and applying it to our life. Judges 1, 34 through 36. And the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountain, for they would not suffer them to come down to the valley. But the Amorites would dwell in Mount Hears, in Ajalon, and in Shalbim. Yet the hand of the house of Joseph prevailed, so that they became tributaries. And the coast of the Amorites was from the going up to Akrabim, from the rock and upward. Today we're going to talk about Dan moved away. Dan moved away. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're teaching us, Lord. Thank you for being mindful of your people. Let our hearts receive it in the good ground. Let us learn, grow, be better. Lord, we really want to be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise this morning. Mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Great Savior. You can be seated this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. So uh, just to kind of quickly recap uh, while we're talking about Dan, we started out with Dan's purpose. Dan is, uh, of course, the son of Jacob, but he is not the son of Rachel. He was, however, the son of Rachel's handmaid. And so Dan was born uh, in uh, a scheme, a plot. Rachel was barren at the time, not, could not have children, and she wanted to go ahead and rush the process and get an heir. She thought this would make her husband you know, love her more and, and it would, but more than that, it would kind of put her a step up above her sister because uh, she knew that Jacob loved her, but her sister was the one having all the children. So Dan was born into a very dysfunctional family, yet he still had purpose. God took him out of that, and we know that when Jacob was dying, that he said Dan would judge the people of Israel, he would be as, as them, as the people of Israel. And so he was included uh, in those 12 tribes. He did have purpose, and even with the background he had, uh, he still meant something to God, and he still had something to do for God. And so that should encourage us because sometimes we come from rough background. Maybe we don't come from the best of circumstances. Maybe things are... Uh, upside down in our life, it does not mean we don't have purpose. Just trouble does not eliminate your purpose with God. Uh, when God, the gifts and calling are, are without repentance, God 
uh, doesn't care about uh, that high or low in the sense that that eliminates you or disqualifies you from being able to work for him. Uh, we work for him in the valley. We work for him on the mountaintop. It doesn't matter where we are. We keep our work uh, going for the Lord. The second lesson was on the promise that Dan had. And the promise was uh, that portion of ground in the prom- The promised land was for the whole nation of Israel, the 12 tribes. But each tribe was giving a portion of land. It was their promise. It was something that God said, just for you, here is where you will dwell. I have a place uh, that is flowing with milk and honey. It's for you, and we will, I want you to have this. And so uh, God gave each tribe or allotted each tribe this part of the promised land. But uh, this is where Dan's trouble begins to start for him. Uh, once it wasn't getting there, it wasn't having purpose, it wasn't having promise. After he walks into the promised land is where Dan begins to get slack. And our lesson thought today is that uh, we cannot be like Dan in this faction. We cannot, we cannot let our sinful nature derail our walk with God. We, because, hey, you know what? Even when we come to the Lord, we still are in our flesh. And our flesh lusteth against the Spirit. We want to be led of the Spirit. We're filled with the Spirit. We want to be led by the Spirit. We want to walk in the Spirit, but we will still war against the flesh. That sinful nature will show up anytime it can. Uh, you may never steal or lie, but you, know, you, you might fight and cuss. <laughs> you know, it, it'll pop up some way, to, to some little thing just trying to derail you, get you away from following the Lord, or it just work on you not having faith. Because the scripture says, whatever is not faith is sin. And you know, some people say, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal, but where's your faith at? Uh, and, and that's a, an area that people overlook because they assume that simply sitting in the house makes them faithful or having faith. Uh, it doesn't. You've you got to have faith. And so uh, I want to have faith. And so Dan gets their allotment. Um, and... Uh, they decide that um, as they're moving through into the promised land, uh, 17 chapters of Joshua, we see them winning battle after battle. They defeated you know, a, miracle, a miracle battle at Jericho. Walls falling down. They've taken the city. Uh, even one time, Joshua, they're battling against these five kings, and, and they ask the Lord, let the sun stand still. Don't let it get dark. Let it just keep the sun where it's at so we can win this battle, and of course they did. God just did the miraculous for them and was taking care of them. So for 17 chapters, we see Israel uh, going into the promise. Isn't it something that uh, we think that when God promises something, we're just, just going to slide right in and never be nothing? They were fighting in the promised land. Hey, they even lost a battle in the promised land. Yeah, the, after Jericho, where it looks like nobody could beat them, Uh, They got beat by Ai, and it was because of sinful nature. It was because Achan decided to break the rules that God had made, the commandments that God gave, and and it caused the whole nation of Israel to suffer for it. Joshua began to pray and cry, and what's going on here? And the Lord said, get up, get off your face, and get this stuff out of the camp, and it will be good again, and that's what they did. Uh, Look, you can't just do what you want to do, even though you're in the promise. Right? Right? 
what, what, what are we talking about? We can't be like uh, that. Have that. Let that sinful nature begin to rule us just because we've received the promise. When we are washed, born again, our sins are washed away, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. We are adopted. We're his children. We become part of the body. Uh, the promise is unto you, your children. We've received the promise. But it is not a golden stamp of approval to let you do whatever you want to do now for the rest of your life. Ah, I've been sealed. That don't mean you get to do whatever you want to do. I, I can just walk. High. I got the Holy Ghost. I can walk how I want to walk now. I can do what I want. That's not Bible. The Bible said this Holy Ghost would lead you into all truth. Uh, so uh, when you decide I'm going to do what I'm going to do, that ain't truth. Uh, the word is truth. His word is truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You know what keeps us set apart? His word. And we are set apart in this world, and we are supposed to live by the word, not come in and, and get something like we're buying groceries. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just going to come in and get what I need to go to heaven and then do my own thing. Not, well, you, you can do that, but uh, you'll hear him say, I never knew you. That's because he's going to know them that are his. And those that are his, those that love him, keep his commandments and live after him. Don't say, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm born again, I can do what I want to do. But that's the way a lot of the children of Israel got seven tribes, namely, they got like that in the promised land. Because when we get to chapter 18, it says in uh, Joshua 18 and 2, it says that there were seven tribes left that had not yet uh, received or taken their inheritance. It wasn't that God hadn't already provided it. They're in the promised land. And Joshua rebukes them in uh, Joshua 18 and 3, and he said, how long are you slack? We talked about this last week, uh, that you don't go and possess the land that the Lord has given you. He's given it to you. So why aren't you taking it? It's no different than, as we've talked before, about the, the manna that God gave from heaven. Uh, when they peeked out of the tent, hey, it was out there. But if you didn't eat that day, it's simply because you were too slack to get out of the bed. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, hollering out the tent door, hey, pick me up some of that. Man, get out of the bed. You know, roll up out of that sleeping bag and come on out here and get you some. Man, God gave it. Go get it. Oh, how much, what kind of things God has given to the church. Hey, I, I hear him in the voice of that father with the prodigal son saying, all that I have is thine. You know, you're with me all this time, and everything I got is yours. But if you ain't eating the fatted calf, it's because you're sitting on your sorry behind and not doing nothing about it. Come on, somebody. Can you say behind from up here? I guess I did, didn't I? Man, let me tell you, if we lack, it's because we slack. That's it. God ain't slack. The God, is, God is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slack. God's doing his part. He, he never late. He never said, he got a sign hanging up says out to lunch. He's always doing what he's supposed to be doing. But us finding that walk with him where we are actually walking in the promises of God. We used to sing old hymns, standing on the promises. And we, they'd sing every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, verse, every line. And, and we would grab those songs and, and hang on to that and say, that's right, we're going to stand on the promises. But now we receive one promise and we just expect the rest of them to come knocking on our door. It don't happen like that. 
That's not the way it was. He, he said, I've given you this land. You know, all the way back, if you look at where Moses encounters God at the burning bushes, where God begins to tell uh, Moses, uh, I'm sending you to a land uh, that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to take care of the Canaanites, Amorites, all these other ites. I'm going to get rid of them. I'm going to, I'm going to give you this land. He told him that at the burning bush long before. So it was already promised. And if God's promised it, his promises are yea and amen. And so, uh, so Joshua knew that. He knew that it had already been given. So he said, how long are you going to slack to go get the land that the Lord God of your fathers has given you? It's already given. And it's because they had just got complacent. They were just, okay, we're in the promised land, and, and here we are. You know, we're all together, and, and just uh, they just got lazy. They got complacent. They were in the promised land. No hurry. Uh, we're, you know, we're here. Why we, but you're supposed to go get what God's got for you. And God had even warned them about that. He said, that, that I've got, I know how you are, and I know how people are, so let me just give you a little warning here. And he said in Deuteronomy 6 and 12, he said, you, you beware uh, lest you forget the Lord. He said, after you get into this land, you start, you start eating the vineyards you didn't plant, you're living in houses you didn't build. He said, you, you beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You, you get in here and forget that you've got a God to serve. Don't get in here and forget all the things that I said you're supposed to have. You're supposed to have, I've given you this, you're supposed to possess it. God doesn't give things for, for us to have and sit on the shelf. He wants us to possess these things. And so uh, I'm glad for people like Joshua that I came up under that would push you and, and lead you to, and mentors who would not allow you to just sit still and do nothing. Yeah. Hey, you, listen, when, back when I came up, if you, I, believe I, I believe I feel the call to preach, okay? You need to be ready every time you walk in the door. And, brother, you better be ready. Back then, you had better have been ready uh, to come in because I can tell you that on services where uh, I would lead, help lead service, and, and I can remember uh, there were about 12 ministers at that time in our church, and, and I would sit on this side like this, this same pulpit was there. There was a bench right here and a bench over there, and that's where my pastor sat. I sat right here going through the song requests. Yeah, we used to do song requests, things like that. And I'd, uh, he'd look over there, and he'd, I'd go sit down. He said, who's supposed to preach today? I said, I'm not sure whose day it is. He said, well, you go ahead. I'm taking song requests. <laughs> you, know, you didn't say that. Uh-uh, you didn't say that. Um, you, so I'd be like, okay, we've got two songs left, and then it's going to be me. I'd, I'd step off the platform. There's a little hallway right there and fall down and be like, Jesus, give me something now, you know. Woo, here I go. But you didn't walk in there uh, not knowing because you, you could be asked to preach at any moment. And, uh, hey, but, oh, I, I'm not ready. Oh, you're not ready? I thought you was called to preach. So you got a clock in to do that? What is it? Well, I don't get it. Uh, man, if you're called to preach, you're supposed to be a preacher. Well, but I hadn't had time to study and get a message together. You're supposed to be ready always to give an answer of the hope that you have, you know, so I would, so you just stayed on, on go. You was ready to go. Uh, I remember one service, there was a, a minister that had come in and, and uh, he was sitting back there and, and 
Brother Hart called me over and he said, is that Brother so-and-so? I said, it is. He said, go ask him if he'll preach for us today. I said, yeah. So I ease off. I go around there. I said, hey, Brother Hart wants to know if he'll preach for us today. He's fully expecting for you. Yeah, man, that's great. He said, can you ask me if I could have about a week's notice? And I just looked at him. I said, I was thinking, really? I, I said, okay. I went back. I sat down beside him. I said, <clears throat> he wants to know if he can have a week's notice. He, he got a chuckle, and he said, you preach. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, that's what you did. Because that was, you were ready. You had to be ready for it. You didn't just get slack. Now, well, oh, I've been called to preach. I ain't, I ain't doing nothing. Well, I called the pastor. I want to sleep late and eat fried chicken and play golf all the time. That's what they think we do. You know, but that's not it. That's not what you do. You stay ready. You work. You're doing the things that God's called you to do. And that God has called us to possess some things. And he had called Dan and these other tribes. But seven tribes slacking, not going after what God had said uh, for them to have. And Dan, uh, they could. this is where they get in trouble. They, they, they get their, their land. Joshua sends out spies. And they, again, they... They cut off seven more tracks and said, Dan, here is your track of land, okay? That's where Dan messed up because to get uh, that piece of property, they were going to have to get rid of the Amorites. That's not a problem because God had already told them how to get rid of the Amorites. I'm going to do it. Let me tell you, God will take care. If God tells you, hey, you're going to have this, he's going to provide you with what you need to get it. You ain't ever sit back and say, well, I know God said this, but I'm just not going to. Listen, if God said this is what you're going to do, he's going to provide everything necessary for it to happen. We already read that Dan was out of Israel. They were the second largest fighting force that Israel had. They had 64,000 men that were of age to go to war. Uh, They had plenty of manpower, but besides that, they had God. And God had already said, I'm going to drive them out. So I don't know what happened to Dan. Maybe uh, they they couldn't uh, dislodge the enemy uh, from that possession. When we read our opening verse, it said that uh, the Amorites were there and they would not let uh, Dan, uh, they forced them up in the mountains. You're going to push them up into the mountains, wouldn't let them come in the valley. And it said the Amorites would dwell in Ajalon and Shelbim. When Joshua lined out Dan's allotment, that That was part of their land. And the enemy was living in Dan's promise. The Amorites had possessed, they had stepped in and and pushed Dan out of the promise. Man, how many times have we let uh, the enemy or our own mind, our own flesh, just step in and mess our promise up? Living in our promise where we're supposed to be living, thriving, raising families, doing what we're supposed to That's where Dan was supposed to be flourishing at. And yet, because of a lack of faith or laziness or whatever it was, they let the enemy just come right in, set up camp, take it over, push them back, uh, not uh, do what they were supposed to do. And Dan, instead of regrouping and saying, this ain't right, just let it happen. Accepted it. Decided I guess this is just how it is. That's not how it is. It's not how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be different than that. When God, uh, in Deuteronomy 7 and 1, the Lord said, when when I bring you in the land that you're going to possess, 
and have cast out many nations before you. He, he named them Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, as Dan's people, the one that they're fighting, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, seven other nations that are greater and mightier. Than, I know they're greater than you. They're mightier than you on your own, but I'm going with you. I'm going to be there also, and if you'll just listen to me, everything's going to be all right. In chapter 20 of that same book, Deuteronomy uh, 17, he said, uh, but you shall utterly destroy them, namely the Hittites, Amorites. You're supposed to, God said you would destroy them completely, get rid of them, wipe them out. So that means it was possible. It should have been happening. Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites, as the Lord commanded you, do this so they don't teach you to do after all their abominations. You let stuff hang around, it'll ruin your promise. So, we, so here's what we get. Oh, the gifts and calling are without repentance, so nothing can take that. It's not that Dan, Dan would always be a judge. That's what his name meant. He was supposed to judge Israel, be that. He will always be a tribe. He'll be one of the 12 tribes. But if you don't take hold of your possession and of your promise, God's not going to just let an empty space be there. Somebody else is going to live in it. The enemy's going to live in it, keep you out of it. You're, you're supposed to be. Yeah, that's what you're called. The gift and calling it was that. God didn't change what he called Dan to. But if Dan won't possess it, somebody else will. And if we won't possess it, somebody else will. We always think, well, God won't fill my place. Yes, he will. He will fill your spot. And you know who, who ended up taking possession of the land that Dan should have had? The tribe of Joseph. The tribe of Joseph came right on in, took care of business, got rid of the Amorites, and possessed the land that Dan was supposed to have. You know what Dan did? Dan moved up north. Found a little uh, group of people, uh, the Leshem, and they went in there and defeated Leshem and then renamed that city Dan so they could make it look like, well, we're where we're supposed to be. Let me tell you, you can rename it and call it what you want to, but if that ain't where God called you, it's still a lie. Call it whatever. Yeah, I see it happen all the time. People walk away from truth, and they call it freedom. You call it what you want to. It, new revelation. Call it what you want to. Not under bondage. Not under nobody. You name it, call it whatever you want to. When you step out of truth and out of the promise of God's word and step out of that apostolic identity, name it whatever you want to name it, you're still wrong. When you step out of the word, you're wrong. Don't care. Care how much money you give, don't care how many services you attend, don't care how many messages you preach, don't care how many homeless people you feed, you step out of the truth, you step out of the word, wrong. That's just that's just how it is. That's pretty plain for breakfast this morning, Pastor. How about a little sugar on that cereal? Well, you know, well, sometimes you just need to just eat the, eat this stuff that'll clean you out, okay? You don't need you don't need no lucky charms this morning. You need some uh, rice checks or something. You need something to help you today. I need something to help me with God. Listen, Dan didn't lack resources. They didn't lack the word. They had the backing of God's word, the promises, all these things. The scripture says that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. That doesn't just mean he's going to put soup in the cabinet. 
No, that means that when I need something to beat the enemy, I'll have it. When I need something to make it another day, I'll have it. When I need something to preach, I'm going to have it. Come on. God's going to supply all my needs. Whatever I need to do what he's called me to do, I will have it. I will never lack his resource. The Bible says if we're willing and obedient, we eat the good of the land. You've heard me say this more times than I can count. When we do things, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's resources. They'll always have it. And so we can never fall back and say, I just, I can't, well, Maybe on your own, in your own flesh, you can't do it. Jesus told us as much in Matthew 19 and 26. He said, with men, these things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Now, we either believe that or we don't. Now, you know, this is one of these bumper sticker scriptures. And I say that because that's what people's turned it into. It gives, it looks good, makes you, makes you look like a person of faith and things like that. But we either believe it or we don't. We either live by it or we don't. Yeah, I don't want to just say it. I don't want to just quote it, but I want to live by it. I've got to believe that with God, all things are possible. They are. It's just possible. Even Paul said, I can do all things. And we That's another one. It looks good on a T-shirt. Makes people think I'm a person of faith. I can do all things. Don't, why are you laying on your face, Joshua? Why are you crying? What's going on? Why are you acting like I'm not here? Why are you acting like I'm not, that I hadn't given you what you need? God has provided what we need. The church has got to catch up to God. Come on. We as children of God, we're ever learning, ever growing. We're the ones that's got to do the catching up. God, God has not moved. God is doing. God is not going to sit still and say, hey, come on. You know, I'll sit here and we just won't do nothing until you get here. I've already given, given you what you need to be here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, hey, until we leave this planet, we'll be forever learning and growing. I understand that. Let me tell you, we can walk with God. When I read the scriptures, and I read especially in the New Testament, I read about, I love reading about Paul and the things he said, but I, he's, you know, he, he was behind he said, I, I mean, I'm behind everybody as far as these apostles and stuff. I'm the chiefest of sinners and I'm the least of the apostles. I, I come up, I wasn't there. On, I didn't get it on Pentecost. I wasn't there when Peter preached that great message. You know, I was telling somebody about this the other day. I said, Paul's gospel, he said, I didn't, he said, I didn't even confer with flesh and blood. He said, I didn't go as soon as I got knocked off my horse and I didn't go find Peter and say, tell me what to do. He said, the gospel I preach, I got it from the Lord. He said, God told me, here's what you're going to do. And he said, and I got busy seeking God. And he said, now I've got revelations all over the place. And he said, God had given me a thorn in my flesh to keep me humble because of all the revelations I was getting. I'm seeing people, I don't know if they're in the flesh or out of the flesh. I'm, all kind of things are happening in my life. I'm, uh, man, I'm uh, surviving. He survived shipwrecks, beatings, stoned him and left him for dead. I mean, just he was coming out of prisons. He was doing miracles. He was preaching the gospel. He was doing it, and he had everything he needed because God gave him everything he needed to complete. He could say at the end of his life, I finished my course. I had everything I needed. I fought a good fight. I had everything I needed. Kept the faith. Had all, all I needed. God took care of it all along the way. He didn't call me. He said, I, I knew that I was going to suffer, but I also knew I would never be without him. And he said, so I didn't have to wonder where he was. I stayed in step with him. 
And that's where the church has got to get. I'm going to say, I'm not throwing off on us. We're, we're doing good. We're having faith. But, friend, if you think we are where uh, that we've reached the pinnacle, we hadn't reached the pinnacle yet. We hadn't reached the pinnacle yet. Uh, but we, we're going to get there. But we're going to get there because we're going to stay in the truth. <laughs> Ain't going to be none of this compromising and, and worldliness and all that nonsense going on. So just don't, even, don't, don't worry about that. As long as God keeps me behind this desk, ain't going to be no, all that worldly stuff and all this stuff just compromising. Let's, let's lay off of this and lay off of that and all these things so we can get a bigger crowd, do all these things. If the gospel like it is ain't enough to keep them, they got, they got issues anyway. The, the first century church put the model down. The Holy Ghost put the model down. That's where it's at, right there. It, it ain't all this stuff that came late, later. All these new, like I said, you could rename it, rebrand it, retitle it, whatever you want to, but it, if it ain't God's word, it ain't truth. And we're going to stay in the truth because I'm not going to lose my purpose and my promise and then have to do like Dan. You know what happened to Dan? They became drifters. Once they could not possess the land that was allotted to them, promised to them by God, they decided to find their own place. And that's what they did. They went, took over Leshem, renamed it Dan, said, well, we'll call it Dan. You know, a few years, all the people that remember we're not where we're supposed to be will die. Nobody else knows the difference. There's always going to be a witness to let you know, this ain't where you're supposed to be. You'll run into something that will tell you, this is not where you are supposed to be. And, And you have to watch Joseph, his brother, come in and take over what should have been his. Like I said, the gifts and calling are without repentance, but what we do with it, if we possess it or not, that's up to us. You think about when Jesus walked this earth, he called 12. But on, uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, there's only 11. Because Judas, Peter said this of Judas, said he was numbered with us and he had obtained. Jesus wasn't just some little extra addition that never did anything. When he sent them out by twos, guess who went preaching? Judas was preaching. Yeah, casting out devils, Judas was casting out devils. He had obtained part of this ministry. But something in him got wrong, got sideways, and he betrayed the Lord, and then he couldn't take it, and he hung himself. And so God didn't just leave them with 11. They they cast lots, and the lot fell on Matthias, and now they're back to 12 because God intended it to be 12. And Dan lost their place, lost that land, but that land was promised by God. And God said, if you won't take it, somebody will. And Joseph came in and took what should have been Dan's. And Dan decided, instead of going to their brother, hey, you know, this is supposed to be our land. They just went on and moved somewhere else. said, we'll just rename it, and it'll be okay. It wasn't okay because it kept going, uh, leading them down farther and farther away. They, they were drifting, looking for their own place. Judges 18 and 1 says that in those days there was no king in the land uh, in Israel. And in those days the tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to dwell in. They were looking for something because uh, something else to fill the void because they had lost what God had given them. Instead of fighting to claim it, saying this is ours, standing up, look, it was written down. They could, they could show it. They could have showed it to their brother and said this is supposed to be our land. But Joseph said, hey, if you ain't going to take it, if you're going to just stay hiding in the mountains, if that's what you're going to, we'll come get it. 
We'll take it because it's promised by God. Dan had no ruler and they had no room. There was nowhere for them to go. Uh, and that's what got them in trouble. They began to seek an inheritance instead of taking the inheritance that was there. They began to ignore what uh, Joshua had said, what Moses had said. They just ignored their former ruler, their, their pastor, so to speak. I know he was the ruler and he said this, but I, I think we can do better on our own. Better be careful. You better be careful. You better listen. Let me tell you, you'll talk to people that's been successful in their walk with God. They'll tell you right quick, they had a pastor in their life. I'm not saying your pastor's infallible and that that he's got to hold you under his thumb or be a dictator over your life. And, And you know what, guess what? Despite what people think, your pastor does not want to know everything about you. He would like to sleep at night. Hello? Yeah. He would like to have peace in his mind every once in a while. So this way, every little detail of your life don't have to happen. He doesn't really want to know all of that. He's going to preach you the truth, preach you the gospel. He's not going to pick your major for you in college. He's not going to decide, you know, what job you're going to take or, or if, what you're going to eat for lunch. That's not on his agenda. He's here to preach the gospel to help you live your life right for God, to preach the truth to you. But we could be like Dan and not listen. Joshua didn't tell Dan or any of these other tribes anything that God had not told him. So when we read these stories, we say, boy, Israel, if they had just listened to Moses or if they had just listened to Joshua, what about if we said today, oh, if they had just listened to their pastor? Well, no, that's because we're not in the Bible. We're born right out of it. We're born again, not a corruptible seed, but by incorruptible, the word of God. And, and God has given, what's, what did Paul write the Ephesians? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. <laughs> Who gave them? God did. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. Till what happens? Till we all come into the unity of the faith. Can't be 12 different faiths. Can't be. Oh, conviction has become a thing of convenience. If I'm not convicted, I don't have to do that. Can I tell you the Bible never said that you serve God's word by conviction, you serve it by faith. And you, even if you're not convicted over it, if it's in the scripture, you've got to walk by faith. Well, I don't do that because I see that in there, Pastor, but I'm not convicted by that. Well... What do you want me to tell God about that? I told them. I told them. They said they, they, said they wasn't convicted. And I hear God go, hmm. Listen, I understand conviction. We need conviction. We need to be convicted of sin so that we can have a revival of repentance and people will find a way to alter. But let me tell you, when it comes to walking in his word, it ain't about what I think on conviction. Well, I don't pay tithes because I'm not convicted by that. What does the Bible say? You rob God. Well, yeah, that was the Old Testament. 
Guess what? That, that little scripture on your Christmas card every year was in the Old Testament too. For unto us a child was born, sons get. If, if, if you're going to leave that one out, we'll just leave the Ten Commandments out. That's Old Testament. Uh, I don't want to be like Dan. Got purpose, got promise. I don't want to be drifting. I don't want to be floating around, blown about with every wind of doctrine, as the scripture says. I don't want to be, uh, Paul said, you need to be careful. You don't want to be deceived after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Well, what? Boy, I don't even think I even, man. Mm. Well, I want the truth in my life. I'm going to thank God for men who preach truth because it got me where I am today. He didn't skirt around the edges and give me a pass on things. No, this is how it is. I was, I was Brother Hart's grandson-in-law. He didn't give me a pass on things because I was in the family. But he, he expected me to be what God called me to be. And, and I did my best to do that and still try that today. And let me tell you, I, I love my church. and I love my people. I love my wife my kids. But you tell them, I don't give passes to people on things. There have been a lot of times I've, had, I've quoted scripture, you know, that it wasn't the husband or the dad card. I pulled the pastor card on my family. <laughs> it has to happen because not only am I husband and dad, I am also pastor. And hey, you want to talk about weird, wait till you have to be, you have to pastor your mom. <laughs> and you have to tell your mom, you're not doing that pastor since so. I'll see you tomorrow for lunch. You know, I mean, that's, that's a weird dynamic, but it's, it's true. I'm not going to give my mom a pass just because she's my mom because I want her to go to heaven. Yeah. Well, that's how, that's, that's how it works. I, hey, I'll tell you, don't slack. Do what you're supposed to do. Do what, you're, what God calls you to do. We're getting close. Don't worry. I know a lot of people say, is the heat on in here? What's that? Oh, man, whew. I, I think I got somewhere to go. <laughs> Praise God. I tell you where Dan winds up. They run into, when they're trying to find this Leshem place, you know how they found it? They found it through a false prophet. They, they, he sends out, he, he tries to do right, so like Joshua did, Joshua sent out spies to allot the land. Then he said, we'll send out some people to, they sent, he sent five guys out, go find us somewhere. Well, they run into Micah. And you read in Judges 17, Micah was a thief. He stole from his own mother. He was an idolater. He set up his own false church. And it was overseen by his hand-picked false priest. And with all the things he did against God, he still believed he was in line for God's blessings. And it was because in that day there was no king in the land, the scripture said, and everybody just did what was right in their own eyes. They just did what they thought was right. Well, there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ways thereof end up in death. But there is a king in the land. We got a king. We got a king eternal, immortal. Yeah, come on, somebody. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We got a king. 
And he's, he's, he's very specific about what he wants us to do. It's in his word. It's written down. It's forever settled in heaven. The Lord said, heaven and earth pass away. Not my word. It won't pass away. It still means, always will mean what I said it's supposed to mean. But they go to this guy, and it's this man who tells them your journey is, it has the, this false, false priest now. Your journey has the Lord's approval. This should stand as a witness to us that you can always find somebody who will encourage you and probably accompany you in traveling down the wrong road. Oh, you'll always find somebody, somebody to, to pat you on the back and agree with you when you're wrong. Because people, you, people seek it out. They want to feel justified and approved in walking away. So they'll always find somebody to pat you on the back and hold your hand in your rebellion or your walk away or your sin. Or, always with, and you know why? Because Jesus said, the road that leads to destruction is wide and many there be that go in thereat. There'll always be somebody because when you walk away from God, walk away from his house, walk away from his truth, you're walking on a road of destruction and there'll be somebody on there to say, yeah, let's go. Come on, let's keep going. Don't look back. Don't turn around. Don't be looking back for that straight and narrow way. Just stay on this wide road. We'll just die together. I don't, I don't want that. And so uh, uh, Jesus uh, you know, told him. Stay off the wide and the broad way. Stay away. A lot of people doing that. But walk the straight and narrow. They don't look like there's many going that way. Yeah, then that's the way you need to go. And so when they, uh, they get this false prophecy from this false priest, ignoring the commands, the, the word that was given from their former leader, Jesus said, There'd be people crying unto me saying, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Everybody that prophesies ain't prophesying the truth. Just because they prophesy don't even mean they're of God. He said, I'll tell them I never knew you. But we prophesied in your name. Yeah. A lot of people made money off my name. A lot of people did a lot of things in my name that I didn't have any, but I didn't put the approval on it. I don't want to be, uh, I don't want to drift. Dan lived far away from where God intended them to live. But they continued to believe that they were marching under the banner of God's blessing. Deceived. The Bible says be careful or you'll deceive yourself. And I don't want to deceive myself because, man, when you're deceived, can't nobody talk to you. You're so sure that you're right and in, in, in you're wrong and nobody can even help you. Uh, that's why Hebrews 2 and 1 warned us we must give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard lest we let them slip and we drift away. There's a lot of things that got us here that we hadn't thought about in years. Because we want to be progressive. Well, I want to progress only in the sense that we are still moving forward. But I do not want to be progressive in the sense that we are pulling in the attributes of the world. So that we can win the crowd. I'm here to win the crowd. I'm here to win a crown. I'm here to, I'm here to make it. I've said this before. There's a great cloud of witnesses. I want to be part of the cloud, not part of the crowd. 
I want to. I want to be. I want to be in that place one day. I want to be with those people that had faith and stood in. So how do we? How do we keep from drifting away? Well, Hebrews three tells us this, and I'm getting ready to, to close right here. I got a couple of scriptures, darling, or whoever's playing. Okay, I'm sorry, you, darling, and you, honey. I see this. I get myself in trouble with that. Hebrews 3, 1 and 2 says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, that word consider there means to observe fully, observe fully the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him. Still something to be said about faithfulness. But the way we keep from drifting away is by considering, fully observing Jesus and what he did. And look at his faithfulness. Don't just look at him for his miracle working power, but look at him, how he lived. He was faithful in everything he was called to do. And then in Hebrews chapter 12, and you can stand with me as we get ready to read these last verses. Hebrews chapter 12 Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which would so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him there's that word again but it's a little different it means contemplate think about this in other words think about him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest you be wearied and faint in your mind the servant is not greater than his master and if Jesus could endure it I can too well wait a minute now pastor that was Jesus and if he could endure it he's Jesus he said the things that I do you shall do also and greater things shall you do because I'm going away and the spirit's going to come greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and so I want to keep focused on him you know when you're driving sometimes you ever notice if you look off for a extended amount, look to the left or right that you end up going that way, your car. You ever been looking at, man, you ever been looking at them deer in the field? Oh! You'll go whichever way you're looking. The Bible says if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came, they'd have opportunity to go back. If you're looking back, you can go back. Yeah. You know, whenever you back a car up, you're looking behind you. You, you're, you might either through the mirror or over your shoulder, but you're looking back so you can go backwards. When you look back, you can go back. So we're supposed to keep looking forward. We're not of them that draw back. Oh, no, we're, we're going to endure. We're going to persevere. We're going to believe to the saving of our soul. We're going to be what God has called us to be. This is a blood-bought, spirit-filled, apostolic church. And this is what it will be until the Lord comes back.
It's not going to be a hybrid of anything. It's going to be pure, bought by the blood, filled with the Spirit, serving the one true God, Jesus Christ, His name. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be holy and acceptable unto Him. It's, we're going to have holiness because we want to see the Lord. We're going to be what God called us to be because that's the only way to make it. I want to make it home. Let's lift our hands together this morning. Let's thank God for the promise that he's given us. And why don't you just make a declaration out to him today, Lord, I'm going to keep walking in the promise. I'm going to serve you in the promise. I'm sorry if I have drifted. If I've gotten away from what got me here, Lord, then I'm coming back. I'm going to get back to your word. I'm going to get back to walking and living in the spirit, Lord. I'm going to, I'm going to get back to where you called me to. I'm going to get back to the book. I'm going to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to praise you always. I'm going to pray without ceasing, Lord. I'm going to bless the Lord at all times and his praise will forever be in my mouth. I'm going to just keep on serving you. I'm going to walk in power and authority and anointing. Uh, I'm going to be what you called me to be. You have washed me and filled me. I'm your child. I'm not a child of this world. I'm not going to substitute it. I'm not looking for a foster parent in this world. No, Lord, you've adopted me into your body. I'm going to stick with you. I'm not moving away. I'm not moving away. I'm going to serve you, Lord. Praise His name. Come on, lift a voice. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost talk in this room for just a moment. I feel the Spirit of the Lord in this place today. Come on, let the Holy Ghost talk in this place right now. Aha. Come on. The Spirit itself beareth witnesses that we are the children of God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Him. Come on now, give Him a a hand clap and shout of praise in this house this morning. Hallelujah. I got a made up mind. I'm going to walk with the Lord. I'm going to serve Him. I'm not moving away. I'm going to be what He called me to be. Praise God. How about it? Anybody else in for that? All in? All in? All in. <laughs> Praise God. Give him one more hand clap for a shout this morning. What a great God. Mighty God. Mighty God. All right. Let's find a place to pray before this next service and just expect God to do some great things. God bless you this morning.